0: Reading from Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat, he said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. I ask God's blessing on the reading of His Word.
1: So this passage in Luke is often called the dishonest manager or the shrewd manager. It has a little you know those little headings. I want to point to, here's a little side note, those headings are not part of the original text. Someone put those in later, right? In case you didn't know that. And uh, they're an interpretation often of what that text means by somebody. Um, But they uh, they often put that up there. The dishonest manager or the the shrewd manager And, uh, well, doggone it, it seems like, I don't know what's going on with that. Better? Okay, I guess we're fine now. (laughs) Anyway, this is often called, uh, this, it's a difficult passage, right? And I tell you, here in verse 9, and I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone they may welcome you into the eternal homes well now I bet a many a person has used this text to justify some crazy stuff they're doing right and to uh, to do some things I think it's a difficult passage here's this this manager who apparently has been mismanaging uh, someone's property a landlord of some sort And the landlord catches wind of it and comes back and says, I'm firing you, so you better give me everything you have on this. And he immediately, because he's too lazy to beg or dig ditches, he immediately goes out and he finds everybody and he cuts their bill in half. Hey, whatever you owe them, remember that I did this for you. I want you to remember this. It's like the Godfather, right? You remember that scene? I'm gonna do you a favor. Sometime I'm gonna come and ask you for something and uh, you're gonna to wanna to give that to me if I do this for you today, right? Remember that part? Well, that's exactly what's going on here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of that and you just remember how nice I was to you when, when things start to happen. And then another weird thing happens. He comes to the landlord and the landlord's impressed with this. Hey, that was pretty shrewd. I guess you're not as stupid as I thought. Why don't you go ahead and take your job back? The what a weird story. And how contrary it sounds and it not it sounds contrary to everything that Jesus ever said. And you know why? Because it's contrary to everything Jesus has ever said. This, you know, use wealth to make friends in a dishonest way that doesn't that is not the Jesus I love and worship and probably you either but this is a so this is a difficult parable and there's a couple of things I think I would say about this first of all the kingdom of God is all mixed up whenever it's compared to the world we live in the kingdom of God is a completely different place the kingdom of God is a place where the meek inherit the earth it's a place where we love our enemies it's a place where uh, the the poor are lifted up and the wealthy are brought down it's a place where dead people rise from the dead amen it is a crazy mixed up turned around world where up is down and down is up and everything has gone wrong and I think when Jesus is ta- saying a parable like the one we're reading today, He's talking about the Kingdom of God and contrasting it with the world we live in. And parables always have some shocking element in it. For example, the, the notion of, of a shepherd leaving 99 sheep to go rescue one sheep leaving those other 99 unprotected everyone would be going that's crazy why would you leave your 99 sheep to go get one sheep you're gonna come back and you're gonna have like 50 sheep instead of 99 uh, so uh, all, that got everyone thinking and talking and wondering what the heck Jesus was talking about in that same way I think the original reader would see this and go what that doesn't make sense make friends by dishonest means that doesn't even make sense and it would get everyone talking and thinking about what Jesus is trying to say but there's more going on here than just trying to shock and, uh, and throw people off or get them talking I think there are some some things Jesus is trying to, to say to us one of the things we need to understand is that clearly this section of Luke is focused on money just prior to this Jesus talks about the Pharisees and their love of money that is greater than their love of God and immediately following this we have the encounter with the rich young ruler who was wealthy so wealthy that when Jesus invited him to give all of it he had to the poor and follow him he took a pass and said no thank you so clearly Jesus here is talking a little bit about our relationship with our money versus our relationship with God. And there's a few different ways to kind of see where Jesus is going This with this. The first thing is that the context... And one of the things I wonder about here is the context of this, of who is hearing this and who it was directed to, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. And I can tell you this, that when Jesus talks about... Dishonest wealth, there is no counterpart to that. There is no such thing in first century Palestine. There is no such thing as honest wealth. Let me say that again. There is no such thing as honest wealth. The only way you got wealthy was by taking the land of someone else the only way you got wealthy was by exploiting the poor and keeping them poor the only way you got wealthy was by stealing that's the only way it happened and it was all legal mind you don't get me wrong but the way people acquired land is they had such high taxes and they had such Uh, such a stacked deck when the Romans came in they instituted certain laws that required people who owned land to give them a whole bunch of money Now, actually this happened long before the Romans came The, the Jews lost their land a long time ago and it was done by overtaxing people and so they had to borrow money against their land and then when they couldn't pay it their land was gone and so everyone was forced to work the land for somebody else now in the Old Testament when that land had been given to the Jews in the first place to Israel there were certain safeguards in place that helped people hang on to their land you couldn't borrow against your land you couldn't charge interest against Certain kinds of lending and you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. All in an effort to help those tribal connections to the land remain within those uh, tribes. In other words, there were a lot of safeguards that helped people hang on to their land. Because land was how you sustained yourself. And it was how you fed your family and took care of each other without it you were at the mercy of whoever owned the land and you had to work for them and for whatever there was no minimum wage it was for whatever they offered to give you so there is no such thing as honest wealth and as time goes on they they did just that they took everybody's land and so this is why in Jesus's day people are begging in the streets of all the urban centers people are are begging and people are are selling themselves and people are doing all kinds of crazy things to try and feed their families and take care of their own because their land has been stolen and was now in the hands of a few Romans and a few a few of the, the Jewish people who had gotten in good with the Romans. So the wealth was all in the hands of a few. So that's kind of the context of understanding this parable as well. Because in the, in the minds of the original hearers, the landlord is a bad guy. And the manager might be one of our own who is commended for being shrewd and the context is people at the mercy of this broken system mind you all of this was legal by roman law all of this had been legalized which was easy to do because the wealthy people had all the power so they made all the rules so it was all legal there was no recourse so it was a broken system this was the normal thing and one has to wonder if this is Jesus, once again, saying that the kingdom of God subverts that broken system and transforms it and moves it in so that there is a more equitable understanding of things. One of the things that was in place to try and keep the land in the hands of the original tribes was a thing called the Year of Jubilee. And every 50 years, every, all debts were wiped out and everything went back to the beginning. Everyone got their land back and everyone started over. Well, you need to know that even, even in the Old Testament, that never happened. It was on the law books, but nobody ever did it. Right? I'm sure they came up with some kind of uh, you know, continuance or something like that, some kind of waiver for Jubilee. But as far as we can tell, even though it was on the law books, never happened because people are greedy. And anyway, that's what that's uh, all those safeguards were gone. And so here is this manager who in his in his efforts to take care of his own situation equalizes the situation. Takes money away from the landlord and redistributes it to those who are indebted. You you owe this much Cut it in half. I'm going to make that happen. You? You owe all that oil? Let's let's just do 30%. Give us 30%. All of a sudden, things are less... uh, uh, There's less of a gap between those who have and those who have not. A subversion of the broken system itself by means of, of... It's dishonest because it... It subverts the system. But is it dishonest? Or is it a more honest look at the way the world works? And using that for it. So, And, and it looks to me like this manager begins to dismantle this system and creates less, less wealth for the landlord and more relationship for himself. And this seems to be something that's going on here too. This manager has effectively converted money into meaningful relationship. Relationship that says, when I cannot take care of myself, there are people who will take care of me. A relationship that says, when I don't have a home for myself, there are people who will welcome me into their home and what Jesus says here is make friends so that they may welcome you into the eternal home Jesus is talking about a lot more than just land wealth your job honesty and dishonesty again as I have said the kingdom of God is very different and to the world What looks like dishonesty may be relationship or equity for the rest of the world. Here's my point. For time and eternity, since the dawn of humanity, the reality has been that our pursuit of money and wealth has diminished the kingdom of God. And is always, 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 even in this day and age, i got to say, is almost always contrary to the kingdom of God. The pursuit of wealth over here, the kingdom of God over here. It's always been thus and you do not get the kind of broken system that was going on in Jesus' day unless everybody takes their eyes off of this in pursuit of this. Everyone, let that go. Jubilee, we don't need it because this is mine. And I'm not going to just give it away. The pursuit of wealth always gets in the way of realizing the kingdom of God. Always has. And it always will. People in Jesus' time were poor because their means of sustaining themselves had been taken away. And they had been cheated out of it. And i got to say, in our time, in the world we live in, money still holds the kingdom of God back in so many ways not only not only the pursuit of it and I and and a case could be made that our system is just as broken that that wealth in the hands of a few at the expense of the millions of those who go without is a broken system and that what's needed here is the kingdom of God that subverts that system and puts everybody back on an equal plane. A case could be made for that. That's not my point today, but uh, you know we could do that for a while. My point today is that money still, so often, can get in the way of it. The pursuit of it, the obsession with it, I dare say it's difficult to, to make a lot of money without it costing someone else this day and age but not just that it's not even just that it is the psychic energy that it it takes from us so often how many of you this week have worried about money i'll tell you what there was one night i was up i couldn't sleep because i was worried about money And then here comes this text. You cannot serve God and money. And in this parable, Jesus says, the money is not the point. The money is just a tool. And it can be used to hold people down. And it can be used to keep people subjugated and low. It can be used as a barrier between yourself and God. Or you can get it out of the way in favor of deep and meaningful connection to people and to God. Get it out of the way. And that's this guy, by dishonest means... <laughs> Took what wasn't his, but used it to make meaningful relationships happen. I think that's the point. Money doesn't matter one way or the other in the kingdom of God. What matters is our connection one to another. If I have you, I don't need money. If, you know if 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 it were really like that right and i know it's not like that although i mean i know i've got an advantage you all know me so i could show up on your doorstep and go you know what i I'm, I'm hungry karen you got something to eat and she would make me a bunch of food and talk my ear off and we'd have a grand time <laughs> right if if the kingdom of if if it were really like that if it were really like that and i think we're we want it to be that way but it's hard if it were really like that I wouldn't need money I wouldn't need money because I have you and you have me And I know that I know that it's not I'm not so naive it's not that simple I understand But in order for there to be more of the kingdom of God there's got to be less obsession with finding security in our money Our security is not... I'll tell you what, we're coming out of many years of understanding that our security is not in money. Our security is in the people we connect ourselves with in the Kingdom of God. Amen? That's where the security lies. This, This will all go away or someone will take it from you. That's what... That's what these people realized in Jesus' time. This, no one can take that away. The connection you and I have, the kingdom of God that we experience together, the kingdom of God that we experience when we join together and feel God's presence drawing us close to one another, that can't be taken away. Not even by the powers of this world, that is solid, secure, reliable. And what it's really all about. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we cannot serve You and look to money for our security. Help us, help us to live into that. You know it's hard. You know we live in a world that says otherwise. Help us to live into that and really be people of the kingdom of God. We count on Your grace and Your mercy and Your strength that we might indeed be a witness and testify to that relationship we have with You and how it draws people together. We ask all of this in the mighty and powerful name of Christ. Amen.